0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, My name is Natalie Tappy. I am a registered nurse, and I'm with Quality Insights, which is the quality improvement for the states of West Virginia and Pennsylvania. On today's podcast, we will be be discussing living with diabetes, those that have type 1 and type 2 diabetes, and how it impacts their lives on a daily basis. So today, our first guest uh, that we have is Antoinette Murphy. And Antoinette, can you um, introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background? Sure. My name is
1: Antoinette Murphy, and I'm a quality improvement specialist and registered nurse with Quality Insights. Um, I'm also a type 1 diabetic, which means that my pancreas does not produce the insulin my body needs in order to regulate my blood sugar. If your pancreas works as God intended it to, you are able to eat and drink without the worry of increased glucose levels in your blood, doing damage to your body and making you sick. But since my pancreas doesn't produce its own insulin anymore, I have to give myself insulin with a syringe or via my insulin pump in order to regulate those glucose levels.
0: Okay. So, Antoinette, um, tell me uh, how long you have uh, had type 1 diabetes. Um,
1: I was diagnosed when I was six. So for about 26 years now, Um, when I was younger, type one diabetes was commonly known as juvenile diabetes um, because a majority of those diagnosed with type one were children. But now we're referring to this diagnosis as insulin dependent. um, Since we are now recognizing that anyone of any age, shape, or size can be diagnosed with
0: this disease. Right. Right um yeah uh, you know type th- that's all i knew it in 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 nursing school and when we were um learning about diabetes it it always was um you know uh type 1 uh, insulin dependent diabetes definitely has come in the last uh, several years but do you, during that time do you remember um how they diagnosed at age six that you had diabetes? I do,
1: actually. It's a pretty monumental moment in my life, Um, but I was actually on a trip to SeaWorld with my grandparents um, Mm -hmm. when they noticed that I was constantly telling them that I was thirsty, ordering different things to drink. Um, I remember nothing really quenching my thirst at that time. Everything just felt like gasoline as soon as it hit my tongue. Um, And I also remember living in the bathroom that entire time as well, constantly having to urinate Um, so when we got home from our trip, my grandparents told my mom what was going on. Um, and we have a distant family history of diabetes on my grandfather's side. Um, so he was the one who mentioned it to my mom that I should be checked for diabetes because of my symptoms. So then my mom took me to our local emergency room, um, where my blood sugar was tested. I was found to have a glucose reading of, um, over 900. Mm -hmm. Um, so But I was fortunate at that time that we acted quickly enough. Um, There was no um, major incidents accompanying this diagnosis, um, especially with a glucose that high. Uh, When your glucose does get extremely high, you're at a higher risk for um, what we call DKA or diabetes ketoacidosis. And that's when your liver starts producing acids called ketones, which quickly build up in your body and um, can become toxic. Uh, We often see patients um, with a buildup of ketones in their system uh, that have a coma or even death from from uncontrolled blood sugar levels. So I was very fortunate that I didn't have to deal with anything like that. Um, but I did have a week-long hospital stay where uh, the doctors and nurses that were caring for me graciously taught me what my new life would look like. Um, they taught me how to give myself injections at the age of six. Um, I was doing my own insulin injections. My parents learned how to give me injections. They learned all the ins and outs of my new diet and restrictions on sugar and everything that comes with this disease. Um, you know, it was, it was a very long, tiresome and complicated process at this time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I bet uh, you know that definitely for you and your parents, especially you, is a uh, life-altering event. Um, <clears throat> can you tell me how you and your parents um, adapted to this dramatic change in your lives? Uh, It was definitely
1: a dramatic change in our lives. I remember just (laughs) everything being turned upside down at that time. Um, I was of school age. So going back to school with a a new diagnosis of diabetes, um, you know, I had to be well equipped uh, to handle anything that might come my way. Um, I remember, you know, everything with my diet changed. A lot of anxiety on my mom and my family's behalf of, you know, planning meals and, monitoring insulin levels, monitoring glucose levels. Uh, I do remember my mom saying, I don't think she slept for a good three months straight. Um, just worrying Mm -hmm. constantly about, you know, where my blood sugars were and what I'm consuming. And when I'm not in her eyesight, what's happening and it's, it was a
0: hectic time. How, how did it affect you going to school at that age? Um, you I'm sure the school nurses would have to be part of your care planning team. Um, How was that at such a young age?
1: I had a lot of trips to the nurse's office. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a daily trip to uh, test blood sugars before my lunch. I had, um, you know, giving myself insulin in the school nurse's office. I remember having a pencil case, which had all my emergency diabetes supplies in it and glucose tabs and um, you know, multiple trips to the nurse's station if I didn't feel good. Um, so it was a lot to take on as a six-year-old, you know, going yeah. into first grade with this new diagnosis. and um, you know, I, I'm really thankful for my mom and my school nurse and my teachers who were all, you know, it, it takes a village um Absolutely. when you, when you're dealing with something like this with a child. So I was very fortunate that I had um people surrounding me who, Um, Mm -hmm. took the time and the care to boost their knowledge on this subject to to help me succeed.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I can't even imagine what it would be like, you know, to have at age six, a chronic disease. I mean, your whole life changes as well as your family's. Did you have um, any siblings? Were they involved? I mean, how, how did it go? How did you if you had siblings, that is, you know, how did it impact them? I did.
1: I had um, one younger sibling, my brother, um, who's now, you know, we are now two of four. But at that time, um, during my diagnosis, I had one brother, um, and he was a toddler at that time. So I don't know that he really noticed anything different. Um, I think, you know, since he was so young, that's all he's really known, um, you know, is that, you know, his sister has a chronic condition that requires a lot of mom and dad's attention and mm-hmm. he has always graciously given that to me um he's he's never complained he's never Um, you know, sought out uh, attention in any crazy way. So um, a lot of kudos and thanks go out to him. Um, But I think on behalf of my family, I think we just realized that while we weren't in the best situation, um, we needed to find strength in each other and help each other during that time. Um, Because we all know that life doesn't simply slow down or stop um, just because you have a new diagnosis or a new illness. Um, So we knew we needed to make some quick adjustments and to A lot of notes and meet a lot of new physicians and healthcare teams. Um, But we won't, we learn together. And uh, while it has certainly caused some strain on our relationship at times, it's definitely strengthened our bond and relationship in many ways as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, family has been key uh, to my success over the years. And, um,
0: you know, a lot of thanks go out to them. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's it's a sobering thought when you think you know 26 years ago it doesn't seem like a long time ago but you know what it it really it really probably was because you know there weren't as many um advances as there 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 are now so i can imagine that it truly was a family struggle so what do you think um has changed from 26 years ago when you were uh, newly diagnosed to now? Well, I would
1: say um, the technology and the knowledge um, behind the the illness has definitely changed the most. Um, I went from focusing on sugar content uh, exclusively and giving myself multiple injections a day and living in a world um, dependent on blood coming from my fingertip, um, mm-hmm. to tell me how I was doing. Um, and now fast forward 26 years later, I am blessed to have a continuous glucose monitor, which reads right to my cell phone. Um, you know, I can pick that up at the drop of a hat and see how I'm doing. Um, my continuous glucose monitor talks to my insulin pump device, which delivers my insulin without the need for an injection. Um, so that seamless system, you know, if, if my device senses a rise or a drop in my glucose level, it adjusts for me. So that's remarkable. Um, you know, I'm now focused on a low carbohydrate diet and focused on carbohydrate consumption instead of sugar consumption. Um, and the insulins have changed, the devices have changed, um, and I I think that the more I'm reading and the more I'm seeing about um, islet cell therapy, I think that's uh, something that we're going to see up and coming in the next several years as well. Um, but every new advancement is a new hope, um, every new opportunity for someone with this disease, you know, it's, it's incredible. This disease runs our lives. Right. So these things that are advancing, um, they allow us to feel in control of our situation. And that's really important um, especially to our physical and mental being when, when living with diabetes.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, you know, the, it's remarkable to think of how far science has come for any chronic disease, but especially in diabetes and with all the new um um, treatments and uh, advances in care, um, it's, it's actually staggering um, the amount that goes into diabetes research as well. Uh, but, you know, I want to thank you for um, giving us a, an insight into type one diabetes, you know, from especially a nurse, a mother, um, your perspective. And I want, I want to go now to Christopher, who's our second guest, and he's going to uh, talk to us about having type two diabetes. So uh, Christopher, can you take it away and introduce yourself to our our
2: audience, please? Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you, Natalie. Uh, As she said, my name is Christopher Henry. I'm a father and husband and uh, type two diabetic. I found out this year, Uh, I am a master prepared nurse, and, um, have been in the healthcare field for over 30 years, uh, with type two diabetes. Uh, I'm thankful enough that my body still produces insulin. It's just the body cells, um, don't work as well as they should with the insulin Mm -hmm. and your blood sugar rises and that can cause prediabetes or type two diabetes, which is like I said, I was diagnosed with. Yeah. Well,
0: how did you go from, uh, when, when were you, you said you were pre-diabetic, I believe. So how did you go from being pre-diabetic to, to type two
2: diabetes? Uh, well, um, I was told five years ago that I was pre-diabetic, um, because my levels would occasionally get higher than they should, um, and unfortunately, I didn't follow the advice of my doctor and do the weight loss and eating a well-balanced diet and uh, exercising that I should have. Um, so unfortunately, <clears throat> this year, in January of this year, um, I went to the ER uh, thinking that I was having a cardiac event because I was having numbness and tingling in both my shoulders and arms. Um So when I was at the ER, I discovered that, uh, I had gone from pre-diabetes to type two diabetes. Um, so when they sent me to my family doctor, he started me on some, um, diabetic medications, um, and for the type two diabetes and those medications helped get rid of the tingling thankfully, Um, And it turns out it was just neuropathy, which is a common complication of diabetes. Yeah. So
0: Christopher, what uh, type of medication did your physician um, put you on when you um, were were diagnosed this year? Uh,
2: Well, I am presently on metformin, which is a pill that I take daily um, that helps lower my blood sugar levels by improving the way the body handles insulin. And then I also take a weekly injection of Ozempic, which helps with my pancreas being more aware of when my blood sugars are rising and triggers a release of more insulin into my system. It also blocks uh, the liver from producing too much sugar. Then the combination of these drugs is the key to controlling my type two diabetes. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, uh, realize that, you know, most newly diagnosed diabetics are placed on um, metformin as the the drug of choice. Um, But I know there's a lot of new medications out there. So since you've been taking medication and since you were diagnosed in January, tell me, um, how's your life changed?
2: Well, to be honest with you, I'm still in a little denial about my diagnosis. Um, It's been a slow change. Um, I've made slight changes in, obviously, my eating habits, being more conscientious of what foods I need to avoid and the carbohydrates in them, so I'm more of a food label uh, reader now than I used to be, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I know I have to take uh, diet and exercise and my diet much more seriously.
0: Yeah. What, so... You alluded to it a little bit, but tell us what's been what's been the biggest challenge for you and, and did you overcome it?
2: Well, uh, like I said, I, I'm still yeah. in a little denial, so it's been a slow process. Um, yeah. Finally, think after a year, I think I'm probably getting to where I'm accepting it. Um, but I think several things. One, obviously, once you become diabetic, it's hard to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um because your body's not producing enough insulin, uh, or is not uh, working well with the insulin that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an issue, obviously, adhering to a diabetic diet, um, learning uh, portion control and getting time for exercise, all of those seem to be an issue. Um, Those are the biggest challenges for me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's not like you, you and I both know it's not going to occur overnight, you know, like you said, uh, being in denial and then it's not fun making these changes, you know, it really isn't. And these are
1: life uh, changes, you know, it's, it's it's, it's, you know whether you're diagnosed at six or, you know, in, in the latter portion of your life, it's, it's changing things that you do every single day. It's changing the diet. It's changing
0: the foods. It's changing routines. <clears throat> and that's hard. It, oh, I'm sure. Just, just losing weight in general, not yeah. being diabetic, you know, Yeah. What, now that Antonette, um, now that you're back on, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, thank you, Christopher. I'll come back to you in a second, but Antoinette, do you think that your path is relatable, uh, or similar to, uh, Christopher's in any way?
1: I do for sure. Definitely feel that our paths are similar. Um, we're both lucky recipients of stubborn and sluggish pancreases. Um, so that's the not so fun part of it, but, um, honestly, I feel like I can definitely understand a lot of Chris's same struggles with uh, the demand of daily life and needing to focus on yourself constantly while you're dealing with those other demands. Um, You know, as a nurse and a mother and a wife, I'm so used to caring for others all day long. And, you know, I find pride in doing that well, but I I do really struggle with putting my needs first sometimes. Um, And it truly only hurts me in the long run. So, um, there are a lot of mental aspects to this disease, uh, like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, um, which, from my perspective, were not part of the focus growing up. Um, I'm finding more resources now to help with that. Um, the more digging that you do, the more you're going to find, but um, those resources are not readily available. And uh, growing up that way, it was definitely hard. Um, it was hard knowing what to do but just not being motivated to do it for myself. Right. Um, and I still struggle with that today. So 26 years worth of of struggling to put myself first and finding that motivation mm-hmm. to do simple things that you know you need to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I'm sure Christopher feels the same way, you know, uh, not speaking for you, Christopher, but um, do you feel your path is different from that of Annette's, Antoinette's? <laughs>
2: Yes, uh, I, I uh, do in a little way. Uh, in a way, I really appreciate the fact that I only have type 2 diabetes at this time. So following those recommendations of uh, eating a well-balanced diet, losing weight and exercise, um, uh, even though my body you know, produces insulin, um, it doesn't control my sugar levels. But doing those three major interventions Um, it is possible that I could possibly reverse the type two diabetes, uh, diagnosis and if not at least manage it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and avoid having to take insulin, you know, that's, that's one of the, um, big things I think, but, um, as we close, I just want to ask both of you and whoever wants to go, uh, Antoinette, that's fine. Um, tell us what, what do you want our listeners um, to know? What do you want to leave us with? What words of wisdom, if you will, tidbits, what do you want to us to know about type one diabetes? Um. First of all, I would
1: like, to let everyone know how important symptom management and awareness is for the parents, um, parents, grandparents, and all providers of children. Um, I've seen many families struggle with the outcome of not knowing the basic symptoms of diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel there needs to be more education spread about type one diabetes in general. um, So that a lot of the serious complications we can see with this disease can be prevented. Um, I think it's important for all family members to be aware of the symptoms of the disease so that, you know, quick actions can be taken and um, help can be sought in these situations. Um, On, the second level of this, I also feel um, more of a focus should be placed on the mental health issues surrounding this disease. Um, sometimes physicians are completely focused on the physical aspects of this disease, like g- glucose control and and going through the motions. But um, I do not feel that enough emphasis is placed on the mental well being of these patients. Um, I personally feel that if I had a more collaborative team approach um, from my physicians that included mental health as part of my care plan, that maybe mm-hmm. things. Wouldn't have been as difficult for me over the years. Um, it's definitely something I feel that was not focused on from in my experience. And um, you know, definitely there's room for improvement there. So yeah. Um, how about yourself,
2: Christopher? Um, I, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Um, mm-hmm. if there's one thing I want people to take away from this, um, is in my own personal journey, is the fact that. Uh, when you do have pre-diabetes, you need to take it serious. Um, yeah. That's following a well-balanced uh, diet, the exercise um, and weight loss, the things that uh, we all struggle with, but are very important. I wish I would have paid more um, closer attention in that five-year period that I had time to take advantage of not being a type two diabetic. So my goal for next year, of course, is to work on those things and hopefully, you know, I will reverse it. Um, I don't want to progress to needing insulin like Antoinette. Um, so that's one of the nice things. If there is an advantage of having type two diabetes is that it is possibly reversible. If I can uh, follow those three things I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah again, uh, lifestyle change. It's, 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 you know, it's all about that. And, you know, I want to really um, thank you both for sharing uh, such personal experiences with us. Uh, Sometimes it's not very easy. Um, We'd like to invite you both back uh, for more to come. And if there are any questions out there from our listeners, please send those uh, our way and we will uh, try to answer them to the best of our ability. Um, And hopefully we will see you on our next diabetes podcast. Until next time, stay happy and healthy.